When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome <laughs> to the Broncos Binge Podcast. A podcast for those who bleed orange and blue. This one's for John. Produced locally in Denver, Colorado. Now, here's your hosts, Rachel Strand and Dalton Coble. Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to the Broncos Binge Podcast, the Denver Broncos podcast made by fans for fans. I am your host, Rachel Strand, and I am also here with my co-host, Dalton Coble. We are fresh off the Broncos getting their first win of the season against the Houston Texans. But before we dive into our initial reactions from the game, let's update on some injuries. So during the game, both Jerry Judy and Pat Sertan left the game early with injuries. Both did not return to the game and certainly left Broncos fans terrified. Well, Broncos country, we can thankfully take a collective deep breath. Judy's rib injury and Sertan's shoulder injury are both considered not serious and they will be evaluated on a day-to-day basis. So thankfully the injury report is a little bit short this week so we are going to dive right into the reaction to the previous Broncos game against the Texans and before we dive into that a little bit I would just like to apologize for the way I sound at the moment. Um, I bit my tongue at some point so if it sounds like I'm talking with a mouthful of peanut butter I sincerely apologize. I am trying my best, but there's only so much I can do with a swollen tongue. I also sound a little bit nasally because I had a bout of COVID that lasted about a month and it's done some permanent damage to my sinuses, but that is a completely different story. So yes, on to the Texans game reaction. My initial thoughts is a dub is a dub. Yes. Like I'm glad we won. I'm glad we're second in the division technically, but oh my God, what was that? What was that showing? (laughs) Honestly, you say a dub is a dub and I agree, but 
it doesn't feel like a win to me. Usually I get a bunch oh. of serotonin once the once the get once we get a win, but I I actually went to bed immediately after the game. I was so mentally exhausted for how poorly they showed up and it didn't feel like a win to me. And I just was like, "You know what? I'm I'm going to have sleep for dinner. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm not going to have dinner. I'm going to have sleep for dinner." <laughs> and I went to bed. I am not mad at any any player on this team. The defense plays lights out when it needs to. And the off No, don't don't <laughs> Even with injuries, Justin Simmons got hurt. We had to put in rookie. Patrick Sertain got hurt. We had to put in, what's his name? Damon. Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis. He was the fourth round pick this year. And he played good. So the defense plays good. Yes, we didn't. they didn't get any touchdowns. We love them to only field goals. And the offense had its spurts. But I'm going to blame it all on the coaching because we had like 7.3 yards per carry and we were still throwing the ball in the end zone. Yeah. But um, I somewhat agree with you on the defensive front. For some reason, both in the week one game and the week two game, our defense had so many leaks in it in the first half. And then they go into the locker room and at halftime, either they make adjustments or they're warmed up enough or something. But they finally start performing pretty well in the second half and actually start locking them down. But how it started, I mean, I'm still having issues with the inside linebackers. I, I'm terrified for, you know, what's going to come in the future if we don't address it sooner rather than later i still think we should give alexander johnson a call no moves have been made on that front uh yeah the game was not pretty and i'm gonna be honest here i am a little concerned about the team going forward i am too i i don't think it's ready to hit the panic button yet but we're that game made us inch a little closer to the panic button my finger is teasing the button right now it's just kind of walking around it it was it was a very poor showing. Like, people are now questioning Russell Wilson's ability to play football again. <laughs> people are questioning if Nathaniel Hackett is even in for this job. And it's look, it's not looking good. Even with the dub, there's still bad stuff floating over our head. We have that rain cloud over our head. It's not going away. Yeah, uh, I do think that Hackett looked a little bit more lost this game than he did last game, which is saying something because we, got, we lost the first game. <laughs> so... You know, we have I, the most penalties in the league so far. We have had so many penalties game after game. Every time this team goes onto the field, it looks like we are unready. I about ripped my eyebrows out when uh, we had that special teams play when the um, Texans were about to uh, punt the ball and we didn't have a return man back there. And I'm like, right? what, what is happening? Like, what is honestly happening? That's like, how do you make that mistake? I know. And then, then it made me realize, it made me take a deep dive into, you know, all our coordinators. And there is not that much experience amongst all the coordinators. And I'm like, oh yeah, growing pains here and there. But like, that's an embarrassing mistake. And even the commentators called us out and they're like, oh my goodness, they were embarrassed for us, which is, which sucks. But regarding Hackett, you know, I'm a Hackett fan, but I swear each week he makes it harder for me to be a fan. <laughs> um, some fans were in my DMs suggesting that he hand over the play calling duties. Most coaches won't reluctantly do that, especially a couple weeks into the season it's an ego thing if they do hand it over i have a personal preference of maybe handing it to clint kubiak uh gary kubiak's son he's got some experience i think calling plays for the vikings at one point i don't think it should be handed off to justin otten i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but he's the offensive coordinator currently because he doesn't have any experience calling plays either this coaching staff is like fresh off the block (laughs) 
Yeah. It's it's new as new can get, but I'm not mad. I mean, I'm mad, obviously. Like I'm not mad, but I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm Rachel. Rachel be talking bad about the defense, but the defense didn't allow any touch any touchdowns throughout the whole game. Randy Gregory looks like a star. If he can stay healthy, dude is still performing. Bradley Chubb still looks all right. I'm gonna leave that one at that. And our defense just looks good. But I'm. With Rachel on the linebacker position, Alex Singleton is not he's, the guy for the cheeks. whole year. He does not need to be the linebacker one for the whole year, or eventually we will be picked apart. To be honest, I think he's kind of cheeks. So that's my opinion on that. <laughs> Honestly, I think the only thing that kept offense and is keeping the offense moderately afloat right now is the run game. And we are sputtering and spurting as an offense. So I don't think we're that much afloat. We're gasping for air, but the run game is like the one positive takeaway from at least the past couple of games minus the Seahawks game where we fumbled at the goal line whatever that's that's whatever but both of them Gordon and Williams had a pretty good bounce back game against the Texans and no fumbles they held on to the ball and they were breaking off some pretty solid runs and I don't understand why we don't utilize those two a little bit more on the goal line or at least in fourth down scenarios because there's that one thing where what it was like a we handed off handed it off to andrew beck on like third and short yeah. and it was the tight end shovel pass on like third and one yeah a shovel pass yeah when gordon and javante had been averaging like you know five plus yards per carry and we're like watch this with our little hybrid fullback tight end watch what we can do and it ended up being absolutely nothing so i think we get a little too cute in some scenarios and we need to not get cute and just stick to what works but it's hard to say what works now considering there isn't much that works and i don't think the coaching staff really understand what works at the moment so yeah javante played really good the running backs played really good they just aren't utilized enough for some reason i'm not terribly sure why i mean like javante was utilized good enough this game he had like 75 yards i believe and a good amount of receptions. He had a good amount of receptions in the Seahawks game. So Javante is turning it into the running back one, I feel like. I feel like next year is he is the running back one. Mm-hmm. He is the bell cow running back one. And I'm really glad because dude's a stud. Dude can't be tackled. I don't understand it. He's like Philip Lindsay, but like beefier. <laughs> Beefy boy Philip Lindsay. I definitely agree. And I actually, this is an opinion I'm willing to die on. This is a hill I'm willing to die on for Javante. Uh oh. But I think he is easily a top five running back in the league. If we get him a little bit more of a if a better offensive line, you, you're rolling your eyes at me. I can see it. I can feel it throughout Broncos country, but he is good. Dude is a little bowling ball. I think I can name five running backs off the top of my head right now that are better than Javante. I, th- I think that if he still plays year after year like this, he will be top five. As of right now, he's not top five in my books. I'm so sorry, Javante. I love you so much because you came from the state of North Carolina, just like me, but you're not top five yet there. Top seven. The way Javante just bounces off people and bowls through people, I I mean, yeah, he's probably helping a lot of people's fantasy teams, but I think he needs to be utilized a lot more, and I think he is still super underrated and, you know, fine. Top seven in the league. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's being overshadowed by the current state of the team, but, you know. It's not even that. It's that he's unfortunately paired with another high-caliber running back. Melvin Gordon's no joke of a running back either. Even though he may fumble, he is he is still no joke. He's still pretty damn good at football. So, yeah, he's not top five yet, but he will be there. I will die on that hill with you in two years. Yeah, and I'd, 
I'm not necessarily looking at stats. I'm just looking at his sheer talent, honestly, and his sheer athletic ability. Because there's that one run that he had last game where he, like, made five or six people miss a tackle, and then he did some hurdle thing, which honestly scared me a little bit because he landed on his neck. <laughs> so be careful there, little little Pookie. His nickname's Pookie, for uh, those who don't know. Lil Pookie, that's his nickname from either childhood or college. Regardless, be careful with that. But I think he's got just so much athletic ability that we are we haven't used to his full potential just yet. So we will get there soon, and I can't wait to see what he does for us in the future. I'm not going to let Rachel overshadow the passing offense. Cortland Sutton is back. He is 100% back. I agree. He is our big-bodied wide receiver for Moss and Fools. <laughs> he was bullying Stingley all game. True. Indeed he was. Welcome to the league, rookie. He's been kind of sidelined in the NFL headlines because unfortunately he got injured with an ACL tear and then the next year he got somewhat hurt and Drew Locke was his quarterback. So <laughs> it was pretty unfortunate, but now that he has a, I'm going to say high caliber quarterback playing, he is a top 10 receiver. High caliber quarterback, we think. Dun, uh, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, we're still, we're still, we're still feeling that one out. <laughs> we'll, we're still feeling that one out. Dun, dun. Done. But no, Jerry Judy is top five in yards this week. Like, I think he, after two weeks, he is in the top five still. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty impressive because nobody was saying his name. Not many people were saying his name. There'd be the occasional, like, NFL person to be like, oh, Corlin Sutton is going to be, like, really good this year. And everybody would be like, ha. Yep. But he's proven the doubters wrong. I think in due time, all the wide receivers and Russell Wilson will get on the same page. The communication is not exactly there yet, so. It's a new offense, new receivers, new quarterback. There were some drops that, like, I definitely wish we had back. But, like, I get it. I get it, I guess. But, yeah. you know, I hope it's fixed. And I hope because... Montreal Washington played pretty good. He was pretty underrated. He had that one catch in the end zone that was technically out of bounds, but he still caught it. And he's he's only known for being speedy. He's not known for like making contested catches like that. Mm-hmm, definitely. So for the next part of this podcast, we're going to be discussing some fan questions that have been submitted to us on my Daily Denver Broncos Instagram page. So usually after the Broncos game on Sunday or Monday, or just whenever the Broncos have their game, I will put up a Instagram story on my Daily Denver Broncos Instagram page asking for fan submitted questions and anyone and everyone is welcome to submit their questions and hopefully we will get to answer them on the podcast for our first question michael ramirez asked what is our biggest strength as of right now and to answer that question plainly i think our greatest strength is the run game we just do not utilize it enough definitely i would agree with that one i think hopefully the offensive coaching staff will realize how good they have it with both Williams and Gordon, and they'll pro be properly used. But I would definitely say they are our best unit right now. To say who is a close second behind that is, I think that's kind of to be determined. Possibly the wide receiver core. If we had everybody healthy right now, let's just say uh, Tim Patrick didn't tear his ACL before the season and everybody was healthy, they'd easily be the Broncos' best position group. But unfortunately, that's not the case right now. So it is currently the running backs. The wide receivers will definitely start to get on the same page with Russell Wilson, and they will prove that they are a top. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Position group for us. To add on to that, I would like to say my second position is cornerbacks. I'd like to talk about the cornerbacks because they're kind of underrated. Patrick Sertain unfortunately got hurt, but Patrick Sertain locked down DK when he played. Ronald Darby hasn't made any oopsies. Kwan Williams is a solid, solid slot corner, and the rookie from the fourth round that we just drafted filled in Patrick Sertain's spot really well for the time being. So I think there's a high potentiality in the quarterback position and being our best position again. No fly zone 2.0, baby. I'm calling it right here, right now. <laughs> then again, you said 17 and 0 until proven otherwise, and look what happened. <laughs> I'm just playing, Dalton. Why did you have to bring that up? RG Vega says, should we trade Judy if he gets another injury? Is he injury prone? And, you know, I'm initially going to say, like, I'm automatically going to say no for that. I do not think he is injury prone. The The only other injury I think he's had was in 2021 where he missed a couple weeks. But I do not think we trade him, especially now when we are down Tim Patrick, uh, KJ Hamler struggling to get back on the field. I don't think he should be traded at the moment. I know we had some guys stick out in the preseason like Jalen Virgil and Brandon Johnson, but Virgil is hurt at the moment. And we, I wouldn't say we're thin at wide receiver, but probably keep him on the team. And I think he will start to show up and show out here. I mean, he hasn't had that bad of a start to the season. And I think people need to just be a little bit more patient with him. Once the communication errors get fixed between him and Wilson and, you know, just the general ineptness of the offense, I think things will start clicking a little bit better unless Nathaniel Hackett is as really as adept as we think as as some Broncos fan fans may lead you to believe but as of right now he's not adept I'm still at faith that he can turn it around yes I hope he will fix his woes here as do all Broncos fans I assume Bill C63 asks why is it that every time we get near the goal line we try to pass the ball <laughs> isn't that the question of the season right now <laughs> I think we did that this game because we fumbled twice on the one yard line, two different running backs, and everybody was like, no. So they were like, throw it. <laughs> and we threw it. And unfortunately, that didn't work at all either. Seriously, though. Yeah, it's just honestly a game of trial and error right now because luckily we, we have a really good kicker. Yes. Even though I don't want to rely on him that heavily, I actually want to get some touchdowns here. So honestly, I think it's just game planning week by week because each team's got their weaknesses in terms of defense. So maybe Hackett had a mixture of being wary running the ball because of the fumbles against the Seahawks. So it was a mix of that and you know maybe they just they game planned it that way against the Texans that they had a weakness against covering against passes in the red zone so who knows ry4ns30 asks thoughts on the broncos defense on sunday versus the texans to touch on this question we discussed a little bit earlier i'd like to reiterate that i think that the broncos defense did really well yes they had their iffies in the first half where they were they played i don't want to say stupid but they they made their dumb mistakes but then they started getting their rhythm and then they started becoming a well-oiled machine and they scored no more points so I think the defense did really well again. Yeah, I think their second half adjustments came in key because I was certainly getting very frustrated with Evero, our defensive coordinator, and I was like, okay, 
please make adjustments at halftime or something. So I think that's what they've done literally the past two games, just gone into halftime, gone into locker room at halftime and been like, oh, so this isn't working. Let's change that. And also they had they had to, you know, change their game plan because they had lost Sertan. So they're like, okay, um, next man up. But yeah, I would kind of agree. I think they are somewhat holding up. I would say there is a little bit of regression in there after Fangio has left. I know there's a lot of people who hate Fangio. I get it, whatever. That's a whole different season. But I would say there is a little bit of a regression that I'm seeing with the Broncos defense. And I'm a little terrified for when we face high-flying offensive teams like the Chargers and the Chiefs because we have played the Seahawks and the Texans. Those teams are not really fighting for anything in the league right now. We we will see. Um, I have, I'm a little bit more concerned about how we will perform against these high-flying offensive teams here soon. So we will see. Fortunately, our first half of the schedule is... Not super hard opponents, but they're not. It it's easier on us, so it's good to get us adjusted to the way the NFL works. And hopefully, by the time the bye week comes, and after the bye week, we can get ready for the hardest schedule of the year after a bye week because it's going to be really rough. And it's going to be around Christmas time. So Merry Christmas, Broncos country! I hope you're ready for some pain. I believe I have the Christmas spirit that we will perform really well we do play the rams on christmas day and the rams aren't really all that right now they're kind of they might have a super bowl hangover but that's a whole nother thing that's a whole nother thing i think both teams low-key have a super bowl hangover yeah right now we've had one for five years what can we say <laughs> true okay so last question jason four asks do we have a chance to beat the niners and that is a perfect segue into our preview of the upcoming game so Dalt, what do you think our chances are of beating the niners this week in prime time on sunday night football prime time game it is prime time I did not know it was primetime. I'm glad I know it's primetime now. I do think we have a chance. I think we have a chance in every game that we play this year, fortunately. So the big news about this game is Trey Lance is no longer playing. Uh, Jimmy G's in, and we all know Jimmy G can have his moments where he looks like the worst player on the field, but Jimmy G wins. It's just a Jimmy G thing. He finds a way to win, and I'm hoping that the Broncos can slow him down. Yes, and I am... This, this might get a little... I might get a little bit of hate for this, but I was more confident in our ability to beat the 49ers when Lance was the quarterback than I am when Garoppolo is the quarterback. Because Garoppolo, like you said, he's he can be anything any week. It's hard to predict what he's going to end up looking like. And I, again, this might get me some hate, but I am still on the Trey Lance is not going to be a good quarterback train that has very few people on it. He's kind of leaning towards bust for me. I know it's been a couple seasons. I know. Don't yell at me. I know you guys are yelling at me through whatever device you're listening on right now, but he hasn't really shown me much that he is going to end up being great. However, again, I feel like we would have had a better chance at beating the 49ers if he was their quarterback. He suffered that ungodly injury where he broke his ankle and Luckily, I saw that he did fine during surgery the other night, so that's good for them. Uh, I wish him a speedy recovery. I'm kind of walking a line here of thinking we'll win and thinking we'll lose this upcoming game because I genuinely don't know how we're going to act. If we come out looking as sloppy as we did this last game, we're not going to win because the 49ers, they're a more polished team than the Texans and the Seahawks. I know they had that crazy loss to the Bears in week one that nobody thought would happen, but you know, I don't think this game should be overlooked, and I'm a little 
bit worried, to be honest. I I, I kind of am giving us maybe like a 60-40 chance of winning. I, I'd like to remain optimistic, but we will see. I, I agree. I will die on this hill with you that I think tra- I would rather play the 49ers with Trey Lance at quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo is the literal most wild card quarterback I've ever seen play. You have no idea how he will play. He can play Hall of Famer. Or he could play like a bust. So I'm hoping he plays like a bust this week. <laughs> Are I'm we prime, all? I'm, I'm prime time. If this prime time game goes badly, this might be the panic button. We Broncos fans might hit the panic button really fast. Like there might be nothing to stop it, and we lose our minds. Yeah, this should have been a 3-0 star for us if things were going correctly, but things aren't going correctly right now in Broncos country. So, you know, I don't know how we will show up. Maybe the fact that it's at home, like we'll be at home and it's going to be in prime time, maybe that will help. We don't have the best record for Monday Night Football, hence why we were just completely garbage against the Seahawks on Monday night, but this will be Sunday night. So maybe there's some weird juju around that, around us performing on Sunday night. So our pass rush might struggle a bit because we are going against the 49ers Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey and they're pretty stalwart tackles and it's going to be kind of hard to get past them. Maybe we can get some rushes up the middle or something like that, but we got to find a way to get in Jimmy G's face because if he has enough pocket time, he's going to do stuff. And he's going to carve us up. And I don't want to be carved up in prime time in front of the national audience because I'm still trying to get all those Russell Wilson hate memes out of my Instagram feed that I keep getting sent and it keeps showing up on my feed. I don't want that again. I really don't. <laughs> the 49ers are also no joke to the team. I'd also like to mention that Trey Lance looked rough against the Seahawks. He didn't look bad, but he looked like, he looked like a rookie. He looked like he had growing pains still. And I was like, okay, this is good. A good Broncos defense versus a yuppie coming quarterback is a good way to win but jimmy g came in and then absolutely flattened the seahawks i don't think there was anything remaining after jimmy g came in so i'm not looking forward to seeing jimmy g play again because i really didn't want to face jimmy g this year i wanted to face trey lance same you know it's hard to place any predictions on what we will end up doing but I, again, I'm kind of walking a line here of they will win, they won't win. So let's hope they get things going fast. Don't start slow. Don't trip over our own feet. Don't shoot ourselves in the foot with stupid mistakes like not putting out a return man on a punt return. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So Dalton, with that discussion on the 49ers there, do we have any predictions slash players to watch for the game? I actually have two I would like to discuss. My first one is pretty simple. Um, It's... Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory versus Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. I think Mike McGlinchey and Trent Williams versus our two edge rushers will be entertaining to watch because I think Bradley Chubb, this is Bradley Chubb's prove it year, like we said earlier. And this also may be Randy Gregory's prove it year, be, or not prove it year, but he needs to prove his self worth because people have looked down on him because he's injury, technically injury prone, but he's played well so far. So I'm hoping that he will carry his momentum into the next game. And absolutely destroy Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no time in the pocket for Jimmy G is what I want, baby. That's all I want. And my next player to watch is Russell Wilson going against a former interdivisional rival on Sunday Night Football. I think that'll be really cool to watch because Russell Wilson and Jimmy G have had their duels in the past. And this is just a duel again on another team with potentially an inept coach. 
True. You're right. 49ers are a team that Russell Wilson played twice a year in the NFC West. That is a good point. Maybe Russell Wilson will tell Hackett and company a little bit of secrets about the 49ers and quirks about them that might help us win. But again, it is a new new year, new season, new team, so they might not be the same team that he's used to facing. But we will see on that front. In terms of my predictions slash players to watch... I would say keep an eye on the Broncos' secondary. Why? Because we may or may not have Sertan for the game, considering he is day-to-day. If we don't have him, we are down to Kawan Williams, Damari Mathis, and Ronald Darby. So it'll be an interesting matchup, considering the 49ers have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and a couple other speedy guys. So I don't think we can afford to let them get past us or carve us up because it may end up being an ugly game. So let's let's hope the Broncos secondary can lock it down. And oh yeah, that's right. We're also without Justin Simmons. So that'll definitely be interesting. And come on, Broncos secondary. We believe in you. And yes, Evero, please make adjustments if necessary because who knows what Garoppolo and company will do to us in prime time. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Broncos Binge Podcast. The Broncos Binge Podcast will be released weekly every Tuesday, and we hope you will tune in for future episodes as the season progresses. If you have any comments or suggestions, please let us know. We want to make this podcast as fun and enjoyable for our listeners. Once again, I am your host, Rachel Strand. And I am Dalton Copel. Thanks for listening, and go Broncos! Thank you for listening to the Broncos Binge Podcast, a part of the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Make sure to follow at RachelNFL and NFL Dalton on Twitter for more Broncos news and content.